You talking to me? Well, with summer almost over now, it's been pretty weak in the quality department, but not this week. We've got a couple of great, great films to talk about. Welcome. This is the Screening Room Podcast. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, and he's absolutely right. We have some great movies finally to watch this weekend. A couple of great ones and a couple, eh. And uh, strangely, nothing really <laughs> to talk about on VOD or uh, new on Netflix this week. So we'll just stick to the four main ones we've got. And let's just start with one of the great ones, and it's a... Uh, Modern-day kind of western set in Texas, and it's called Hell or High Water. It's a big bang. It's too big. That's what she said. Now they can foreclose on Friday. So come Hell or High Water, get the money to the bank on Thursday. Little brother, let's go get that money. Good morning, folks. Open the drawers. You got a gun on you, old man? You're damn right I got a gun on me. Y'all gonna steal my gun, too? We ain't steal from you, we send from the bank. These boys know exactly what they're doing. They're trying to raise a certain amount, that's my guess. Yeah, it has that kind of western feel, but it's really a, a heist bank robbery with some serious entanglements going on, right? Yes, very much, although it's just so much about it is familiar for a lot of reasons, right? You've got you've got brothers, West Texas bank robbers, right, going from bank to bank to bank. Obviously, you've got a plan in mind, sort of a Bonnie and Clyde sort of a situation. And then you've got Texas marshals with their cowboy hats, and they're following them in pursuit. So and and it is it's got a lot of western ideas it's it's it but it's so relevant and immediate and fresh and and also more than anything it's so phenomenally well put together the performances are all brilliant the direction is is amazing the photography is gorgeous i mean every frame could be a postcard a sort of melancholy sad postcard um it's uh, it's just the best movie I have seen this year. And you know, one of the things we talk about is that any movie, if it's going to be great, it starts with the writing. And if you happen to have seen a movie called Sicario, uh, you know that who wrote that movie can write a little bit, and that guy wrote this movie, Hell or High Water. Absolutely. And we love Sicario so much. And, uh, and you know, it was it was blessed with a great director and a great cast, and so is this one. And it's, it's a funny thing is that, you know, Chris Pine and Ben Foster play the brothers who are bank robbers, and uh, they just deliver the lines in this in this this script so perfectly they do such a great job and then jeff bridges you can't really do any better yeah. than jeff bridges you know yeah. and the writer is a guy named taylor sheridan who started out mainly as an actor right but has now made the shift and oh man he's a much better writer than he ever was an actor and i'll tell you he is just going to continue to find notoriety uh, at the rate he's going because i think he's got sicario 2 coming out sometime in the next couple of years i know that there is one. Oh, he may not be writing it yeah, not right. sure okay well we'll we'll see about that but the fact remains that this is another one that uh, really shows a writer who knows what he's doing and can let it let the story come to you and and yeah. let you find find things out when it's time one of the ways i don't want to belabor this but one of the things that is so amazing about this movie that i think that you'll recognize when you see it is that the investment that they make in every single thing the the supporting characters the smallest characters you know two three lines they're still characters they fully fully fleshed out characters and so they they're they're well written the director puts a lot of emphasis on their, them as necessary and they the the veteran ensemble cast that they get to manage these 
tiny parts as waitresses and bank tellers. Amazing. Isn't that amazing? You can have a movie, a two-hour movie, with no characters whatsoever real, any real fleshed-out characters. And yet, you can have a movie like this that's populated with characters that might have one scene, right. but they're, they're true characters if they're written well, if they start that way on the page, and if they're acted well. And yeah. that's that what we what we see here. So, yeah, even though it's been... Um, like we say, the, 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 the summer has been weak. The year as a whole has been a little down. But now, so far, we've got pretty much what we consider the best movie so far this year. I, yes, absolutely. And that is Hell or High Water. I know it's in somewhat of a limited release. But if it comes to your area, get it while you can because it is definitely worth it. And uh, another one that is right up there near the top, another one that's right up toward the, the, the list of best of the year so far, especially in the animated category, is a new one called Kubo and the Two Strings. If you must blink, do it now. Pay careful attention to everything you see. No matter how unusual it may seem, you look away, even for an instant, then our hero will surely perish. It's time to follow my own path. My name is Kubo. This is my story. Now, Disney's had a pretty solid year, but this one is not Disney. This is from the, the studio that uh, brought us Coraline and Paranorman. Paranorman. There you go. Right. And this is, uh, if you watched, if you liked those movies, they have um, an adult flavor to them. And that's because both of them are a little bit sort of goth, right? They're, but this is not that. It's, it doesn't sort of play with the idea of the supernatural or death in that way. But it is so embraces uh, grief and loss in a way that, you know, isn't sugarcoated in the way that I think more recently, in the, since the 70s, they've kind of made children's fair. It is so beautiful. It is such a gorgeous film. It's about a little boy who who uh, plays uh, an instrument and and entertains his village and his mom tells him to get home before dark every day and of course as a kid he sort of risks that and at his own peril and this, this huge you know hero's journey ensues and and, and kind of like uh, um, hell or high water you're familiar with the basic structure of the story you know you you kind of have a sense of where it's going to go and at the same time it never feels derivative it never feels familiar it's because just like hell or high water it is so so well written that's where it starts it's a beautifully written story about storytelling right Right, it is, and it features. Um, we're not big Game of Thrones watchers, but if you are, the the boy is voiced by Art Parkinson from Game of Thrones. Also, Charlize Theron is the monkey right. that accompanies him <laughs> on his journey. Uh, and other famous voices pop up, like George Takai, sure, He's in it, and and some others. But yeah, it's it's gorgeous to look at, and so well. Well thought out and layered, uh, and as you mentioned, deals with grief in a not, you know, it gives you some serious quote-unquote gut punches 
uh, in the story, but but handles them delicately, handles them just right. You know, the tone is just right, and and it looks fantastic. So yeah, I mean, uh, another one that is ranking among the best of the year. And what's crazy about that, honestly, is that August historically is the dead zone. It right? is. It's like August, January. Exactly. It is January is a time of year where the studios just sweep out the films that they didn't think had a shot for that big holiday season. Same thing with August is when they just sort of get rid of everything that they didn't think was big enough to be a blockbuster of the summer and yet can't be a contender for for uh, um, Oscars. Oscars yeah. And that's when they start putting out the late fall. I think wow. these two these two are definitely clear Oscar, Oscar contenders. contenders. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it, it is weird uh, now that you mentioned. I'm going to go ahead and say I think this is going to be the first year that Pixar does not win the Oscar for best animated film. The yeah. first time that they because they'll get nominated for Dory, but I think between Kubo and the Two Strings and Zootopia, I don't think they're going to get it. And if you're counting, are we counting the Jungle Book in there? Because even though um, it was uh, a lot of it was animated, it's not animated. It's well. It's, Computer graphics, yeah. CGI, whatever. But uh, that wouldn't that wouldn't count in that I category because so, it was uh, great too. But it anyway, was great. I think you're right. Uh, Dory was was good, but it wasn't. Mm, no, Zootopia to, to was was Zootopia. brilliantly written and and oh. and executed. And this one is. Yeah. In the same way, it's incredibly well written. It's better looking. I don't yeah. know. Zootopia is great. They're two great movies. <laughs> they are. I They're love, great, great movies. I love Zootopia. <laughs> so those are the two great ones that come out uh, that come out this week. As we said, among the best of the year. A couple others. Maybe the big studio release that uh, is out this week is called War Dogs. Your bid was far too attractive for us to pass up. What did you mean by that exactly? He means you boys lowballed the entire industry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, by how much? You guys came in $53 million lower than the nearest competition. Oh, okay. Now to a question that still has no clear answer. How did two 20-something young men land a $300 million Pentagon contract? They call guys like us war dogs. Bottom feeders who make money off of war without ever stepping foot on the battlefield. Show you about my it was meant to be derogatory, but we kind of liked it. So kind of a pivot for Todd Phillips, right? Mostly known for comedies. He did the Hangover trilogy. He also did Old School. And uh, he comes back with... Uh, true story about two 20-somethings who become gun runners, international gun runners. Yeah, it really is an amazing story. They end up, they from somewhat small beginnings, they end up landing a $300 million contract from the Pentagon to arm our allies in Afghanistan. And as the Jonah Hill character says, it's not about being pro-war, it's about being pro-money and all the money that they can make. And... Uh, uh, the other uh, young man is played by Miles Teller, who's a very good actor. He's now, very Jonah talented. Hill, I'll tell you, this is another instance where if you're still doubting that Jonah Hill has the acting chops, you know, he's got two Oscar nominations, and I'm thinking he may get a third. He is just fantastic. He is really, really good in this movie. He really is. As kind of a, a sociopath mm -hmm. who is charming enough to know what you want from him, and he delivers it to you. And and, and he does that in, in a way that allows him to just manipulate every situation to get what he wants. He's really, really good in this movie. Miles Teller is weaker, which surprises me because... Miles Teller is a very talented, he's, he's very talented. actor. From uh, the first thing I saw him in was Rabbit Hole years ago, and I was sold. Yeah, you know. Exactly. And then of course Whiplash, he was great in. And but this, I, he just he's the kind of, he's the narrative character. He's the one who who does the voiceover narration. Yeah, you, we see it through his eyes, right. basically. Yeah. And I just think you never fully connect with him. But that, yeah. but that's 
it's a minor flaw, really. It is. There, there's, there are some effective things in this movie. The, the biggest, one of the biggest problems is it's a movie that reminds you of so many other movies. So many R- better movies. Better movies. Right away, it has a lot uh, in, has a lot, many similarities with The Big Short uh, from last year. Um, that was one done by another funny man, Adam, Adam McKay. McKay who stepped up and did some real social commentary, and he made a movie that was funny, and it was about a very serious subject. But what it had that this movie does not is an underlying current of outrage and a lot of cynicism to make you think about what the heart of this story is and not just say, boy, those guys are crazy. Yeah, you were saying earlier, uh, the biggest problem this film has is that it doesn't seem to have a perspective yeah you know and 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 it does it seems to be very caught up in and it is it's wild what these guys accomplish but the movie doesn't take their side which would be probably the wrong choice to make but it also really doesn't it doesn't offer insight into how it happened and it and it doesn't sort of ask the audience to just be bewildered that this is possible yeah it doesn't really make you think about anything more than that's nuts. Yeah. Uh, so it makes you think of his own Hangover trilogy. Trilogy makes you think of The Big Short. Yep. Makes you think of many Scorsese movies, many. including, of course, The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. And it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't stack up really to any of those. That's not to say that it doesn't have some good things. It does. It was actually better than I expected yeah. it to be. Agreed. To be honest with you, uh, starting with Jonah Hill's character. But there are some effective moments and some effective uh, set pieces. But uh, overall, it just couldn't go over the hump. I think. If this director of Todd Phillips wants to make that jump into more serious fare, he's not there yet. No. But this is a kind of a wobbly step in that direction. Yeah. So, uh, I, it's not a failure. No. No. No, it's not a failure. But it's not really a success either. It's, but, it's, but it's uneven, and that is War Dogs. And uh, one more new one this week, and it is the latest treatment of a very classic story, and that's the new version of Ben-Hur. How long were you a slave? Five years. What is your name? ben My family, they deserve justice for what's happened to them. There is a way. In the arena, there is no law. Racing is a blood sport. If you lose, you die. If your brother is deprived of Rome, defeat him and you'll defeat an empire. Then you will have your vengeance. Should have stayed away. You should have killed me. I will. And it's funny, you think of Ben-Hur, the first thing that's going to come to most people's minds is that famous chariot sequence right. from the Charlton Heston version. But that is not, that wasn't even the first version of this story. It's been filmed many times, not only in uh, film, but in TV as well. And I think there was a miniseries at one point. But it's basically the same story, and it's the uh, Jewish prince turned slave, um, Judah Ben-Hur, and his adopted Roman brother and how they go on separate ways and his adopted brother rises to be really second only to Pontius Pilate in the in the Roman army, his right-hand man, and how their paths converge to finally having that big chariot race showdown. And, you know, this one is... It's it's kind of clunky. Uh, it's it's heavy-handed in some aspects, but there's, there's something here. Um, it's uh, one of the things that, that surprised me, I guess, is this one... Uh, takes a little more of a faith-based approach to the story. It adds more on, especially after the final confrontation. And actually, the of of the two main sequences in this movie, the chariot race is not the most effective one. Uh, there's an incredible sequence where uh, Ben Hur is freed from his uh, 
his position as a galley slave in a big ship, and there's a there's a shipwreck, and he eventually gets freed and is able to escape, and that is fantastic, and actually is more effectively filmed, shot, paced, edited the whole bit than the chariot race, which has its moments, but it's not going to overtake the you know the Charlton Heston version. So again. Um, sort of on the par with War Dogs is there's there's some things here and to be honest it was better than I thought it would be because mm-hmm. I was going in thinking oh boy <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know it's uh, it's it's got some things but just not enough sure uh, so the uh, definitely the big big recommendations by a wide margin uh, for the family it's Kubo and the Two Strings absolutely and uh, for the adults it's Hell or High Water seek that one out if you can find it I assume Kubo is going to get a wide release right Hell or High Water it, it got some markets last week a few more markets this week so it's going to sort of it's going to sort of spread across the country slowly so just keep an eye out for it because you definitely want to catch it and it's gorgeous see it on the big screen if you can oh for sure so not really anything to um write, write home about shout about on vod or netflix this but week but you know what next week but is we got one coming next week that's right up our alley and it's called don't breathe and i'm actually jealous because you've already seen it i see it on tuesday on tuesday in a couple of days i'm gonna so. see it a second time on tuesday because right. i liked it well enough yeah all right so we'll bring the verdict about that one uh, next week. So uh, until then, I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And this is the Screening Room Podcast. Be sure to keep the conversation going. Hit us up on Twitter. We're at Mad Wolf. That's M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F. And we are Mad Wolf Columbus on Facebook. And just the overall website where you can get all the latest movie reviews is MadWolf.com. So until then, see ya. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner.